Weekly Signals, every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Join me, Mike Casper, and Nathan Callahan for the best in reality-based radio. That's Weekly Signals. Check out the website at weeklysignals.com. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good evening. You're listening to KUCI at 88.9 FM in Irvine and online at KUCI.org. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity and From Victim to Victor, a step-by-step guide for ending the nightmare of identity theft. She sits on the advisory board of the State of California Office of Privacy Protection, and she's a sheriff reserve here in Orange County. She testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues, and you may have seen her on TV on about every show, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly, Geraldo, Montel, and she even had her 90-minute PBS special called Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Good evening, Mari. Hi there. How's your show tonight? Well, we have a very interesting guest tonight. You know, we're all worried about using our credit cards and shopping online and wondering if there's going to be hackers stealing everything from us. We've heard about over 150 million records that have been compromised in security breaches. So tonight we're going to talk to the CEO of a company called ScanAlert. And you may have, when you're you know, going online, you may have seen these little signs on the website that says hacker safe. Those are issued certificates by ScanAlert. So we thought we'd talk to somebody who, who really knows their business. Let me tell you a little bit about Ken Leonard. Ken Leonard is CEO of ScanAlert. He's a expert in technology, privacy, security, all that good stuff. And during Ken's three decades of entrepreneurship, he has created a series of successful technology companies, including the Video Graphics Corporation, Spectrum Electronics, AEA, and Meet World Trade. Then in 1995, Ken launched TabNet, a web hosting pioneer that grew to more than 150 employees and 100,000 customers before NTT Vario acquired it in 1998. Ken then became the president of Vario's website hosting, web hosting division, before he founded ScanAlert. And then he founded ScanAlert, uh, ScanAlert, which is a security auditing and certi- certification company, and he did that in 2001. He's written several articles, and I've looked all over to see some of the good stuff that he's done, seen some of his uh, interviews, and so he's joining us from beautiful Napa. Are you there? Yes, I am, Mari. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you. So, Ken, how, how is it that you started all these technology companies? Are you a techie? Uh, well, in some ways, I guess I am. I'm uh, really a serial entrepreneur. Um, I've uh, started a lot of technology companies and always been interested in um, finding a technological problem and a solution to it and building a company around that. So how are these, um, how, how did that evolve? First one was uh, Video Graphics. What was that all about? Uh, the Video Graphics uh, Corporation was uh, was about the applying computer techniques to uh, to video, to TV video, and we developed several um, interesting techniques to um, uh, do uh, page turns and special effects in video that um, uh, were all using computers and uh, it was all digitized. It was very early in the uh, computer era, and um, that went on to be used in a lot of the special effects that we see today on uh, on TV productions. Wow. So tell us a little bit about uh, TabNet. Uh, TabNet was an early uh, web hosting uh, company and uh, domain registration company. As, uh, as your listeners might know, there's a domain name uh, attached to every website, and in order to obtain a domain name, you have to register it. And we were the real pioneers of providing a public service where people could uh, go to our website and fill out some forms and actually register their, uh, their domain name, and then they could get a uh, website and email and other things uh, to go with that domain name. 
and it grew very rapidly. We were really one of the pioneers in that, and the, the company uh, went from uh, an operation on a on a computer through a dial-up modem in my bedroom to uh, to over 300 employees and over 300,000 uh, customers in a, in about uh, four years' time. Wow, so you really are a pioneer. <laughs> and then it came to ScanAlert, and so that was a brainchild of, of trying to help people feel more comfortable shopping online. Is that right? That's right. Um, having uh, dealt a lot in e-commerce and uh, helped a lot of companies uh, host their websites, uh, I knew that uh, security was an ongoing problem and a growing problem for e-commerce. So we wanted to develop a, a, a service that would allow uh, everyone who had a website from large corporations to uh, individuals to uh, probe the security of that website, if you will, find out uh, any way that a hacker could get into that website, and then get information on how to fix it, how to patch it, so that uh, it would be impervious to hacker attack. And, um, and then it quickly dawned on us that the, that the real benefit of having good security and going through a program uh, like the one we uh, started was to be able to certify that security to your business partners and website visitors and customers uh, because, uh, as they often say on the Internet, um, you know, on the Internet, no one knows you're a dog. Right, well, right. Well, they often say that, but it, it, on the Internet, no one knows whether you're secure or not. And, and in fact, um, uh, many people aren't, and that's why hackers are having uh, such an easy time at getting to our, our uh, private financial data. And so um, we rolled out the HackerSafe certification uh, program, and in order to obtain the HackerSafe certification, our customers have to undergo a, a daily vulnerability audit is the technical name for it. But what it really is is every day we um, test every possible way for a hacker to gain entry to their website and their e-commerce infrastructure. Um, and when we find something, we alert them and uh, we tell them how to fix it. And as long as they fix it in a very short period of time, uh, they can um, maintain that hacker-safe image, which we serve on their website. So if they don't pass our daily um, audits of their security, the image actually disappears. And, and so it's kind of a real-time indication of uh, security. Right. I think you give them, what is it, 72 hours or we something? We give them a maximum of 72 hours to patch anything we find. In some cases, when there's a, uh, we find something that's especially dangerous, we give them less time than that. But we also give them a lot of technical support in uh, uh, determining exactly how to fix it and how to maintain their, uh, their hacker-safe uh, security status. So this is all created. It's an all-automated system that goes in and kind of does this audit Correct. for all your yep. different companies that it, you, you do this with? Yes, uh -huh. it is. It's highly automated. It's kind of uh, like an automated hacker, if you will. It's a super hacker um, that actually goes in and uses much the same techniques that hackers do to find uh, vulnerabilities in websites, to find ways that uh, bugs in the website software or misconfigurations and things like that that can be actually used to gain access to that website, um, much the way you... Um, you gain access to your uh, desktop computer or you go to a website and you can download files that they make available to you. Well, if you hack into a website, you can gain access thing to things that, you, that are restricted that you shouldn't be able to gain access to, such as the credit card database in, a, in an e-commerce website. And many hackers uh, target that. And once they um, are uh, inside the website and get these uh, access to these files that they normally should not have access to, they can simply download them. It's much the way you download uh, software or uh, tune on iTunes. Um, and you can download literally millions of credit cards in one go, which is uh, unfortunately being done more and more often. You probably have read about some of them in the newspaper. Right, right. So, Ken, do you have like a checklist of what they have to do before they can even apply to get this? Like they have to have certain firewalls up or? Yes, we do. We check for all of these uh, security aspects of their website and their uh, network infrastructure. And these, these tests will determine whether or not they have all of the security safeguards in place. And um, it will find things that, um, that they generally aren't aware of. In fact, 75% of our customers fail the test when they first sign up. And almost all of them, when they sign up for the service, think that they're secure. But um, actually, very few of them can pass the test. And that is across the board from our largest uh, big brand customers to uh, the small mom-and-pop uh, websites. Um, they all have uh, security issues that we can help them with. 
Right. You know, I remember like the Kevin Mitnick, you know who he is, the, yeah. the, the hacker that hacked the FBI site and others. So, I mean, do you have people like that who teach you how to do this stuff? How do you learn how to do this? Do you get well, hackers or what? That's right. We, well, we have security professionals. And sec- security professionals are much like hackers. In fact, they're usually better skilled and better educated than hackers. And they're real professionals in the network security space. And they specialize in security. And, and they specialize in learning and mastering all the techniques uh, that a hacker uh, can. Um, and um, they use that knowledge really as the core of our technology so that you might think of it as being able to take the knowledge of our team of security experts and and, uh, white hat hackers, as they're called, and automating that so that um, they don't have to do it by hand. And, in fact, we're scanning uh, uh, tens of thousands of websites every day and uh, conducting um, literally tens of millions of scans uh, each year uh, for our customers. But they're really uh, automated scripts, if you will, that are um, a repeat of what our security experts have learned how to do. So we've really just kind of automated uh, their expertise. Ken, I would imagine that with all these hackers, that they are hackers and crackers and whatever you want to call them, they're, they're so... Some of them are really brilliant, and they I'm are. wondering, like, it must be a constant uh, challenge to keep up with the new ways that they can get around things. Is that, it, is it that is. right? It is, and we, in fact, we update our database of, uh, of uh, vulnerability tests every 15 minutes around the clock, and we get information from all over the world and from our hacking team, and um, we're constantly in a race with hackers, uh, um, and it really is, uh, we really have that spirit that, that um, it's kind of a, of a war, an arms race, if you will, <laughs> right, right. and we've we've just got to keep one-upping them. Um, but um, you know, we do have um, an advantage, if you will. There's a uh, we have a large team of security experts, and we have a large customer base. And when you combine those both together, our security experts can learn new things um, faster than the uh, than the hackers can, and and manage to stay ahead of them. And we have a, a whole. A room full of programmers and technical people who back them up. So it's 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 kind of um, uh, like uh, uh, hiring a big uh, paramilitary force to protect you yeah. um, from the from from the bad guys. Now, how do you interface with law enforcement, or do you? We do. We um, we assist the uh, FBI and um, the uh, other law enforcement agencies. Um, in uh, both research and in tracking down hackers. Uh, we also provide a lot of assistance to the payment card industry, uh, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and the others, um, in not only securing their customers, but um, finding out uh, which customers have security issues and helping them fix it. And also, if one of their customers does get hacked, um, they'll also often call us in to find out how it happened and and to stop uh, it from happening again. The first order of business whenever a, a hacker attacks a, a website and is successful at getting into uh, private information is to stop it. And uh, you know it's a, it's kind of like a tirage in the uh, in the in the uh, hospital. The first rule is to stop the bleeding. Right. <laughs> and so we're often called in by companies like Visa to uh, to do that for them. So what about these big federal sites? I mean, we've heard about there's been, you know, hackers in a lot of the federal agencies. So what happened? I mean, are, do you do any work with any of the federal agencies to help them, or do you collaborate with them at, at all? Yes, yes, we have. We've done work with them to help secure their sites. We have customers uh, uh, who are large, uh, some of the largest defense contractors. Um, uh, Northrop Grumman, for instance, is a customer of ours, and they build everything from nuclear uh, aircraft carriers to to cruise missiles. And they have uh, some real secrets to hide. And we help them by by scanning their networks. And uh, we have uh, a lot of um, customers that are involved in e-commerce um, and um, some large uh, brands in retail and uh, companies like Yahoo that we scan their entire global network for them. Uh, to is is another tool that their security team can use to just con- keep that constant vigilance up 
uh, against uh, the hackers. Ken, let me ask you something. How about uh, encryption? Do you recommend when they have their sensitive data on their employees or on their customers, things like their social security number and, of course, their account numbers, especially in the financial industry, um, is that something that, that you make um, a deal about? In other words, do you tell them that they should be encrypting these uh, particular databases? Or how do, you, how do you feel about that? Yes, we do. Absolutely. Um, uh, we um, actually work a lot with the um, payment card industry to enforce their regulations. And they've uh, recently, uh, in the past couple of years, developed a lot of regulations about uh, storing of, of uh, financial data and credit card data. And we help uh, a lot of our uh, customers that are in retail protect that data and encryption is one of the key things. It's really encrypting the data after it's received uh, through the website and put into their database. Um, so they, they have a big database on their back end, like a spreadsheet that has all of the orders to be processed, and in there, of course, is the credit card data. And um, often people make the mistake of thinking that SSL or the little padlock icon that comes on when you go to a secure website is actually encrypting your data when it's stored on the website, and it's really not. It's really only encrypting your data as it travels across the Internet where it's, it's unencrypted or decrypted and stored in the local database in plain text. It's like using a scrambled telephone, so to speak, where you could speak with me um, and uh, I could understand your voice at the other end where it's unscrambled, but if someone tried to tap the phone line, they would just hear the scrambled voice. But if you were to use a scrambled telephone to place an order, say, with a catalog company, and you gave them your credit card number, and they wrote it down on a piece of paper, and then went home at night and left the door open, right. uh, your, your scrambled telephone would not protect you. And that's kind of what's happening um, in a lot of these online data thefts, where a lot of people were relying on the, on the encryption of the SSL to protect them, where really the, the hackers were going in and just getting the data once it was stored on the server on the that you uh, had uh, placed your order with. Right. The data at rest was not being right. protected at all. That's right. 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 So there's a lot um, of activity now in the industry about addressing that problem. You know, I, I wonder, how, how do you interface with these companies that have so much uh, data on these other electronic devices, whether it's, you know, on a laptop or on a PDA, or right. a BlackBerry, or even one of these little USB ports. I mean, you know, there's so much data everywhere, and people are taking home. You know, I mean, we've heard about these big uh, data breaches with laptops, with the IRS, with the veterans, with major companies. So how do you interface with that issue? I mean, this is just so overwhelming. It is. Um and, and we do it in a number of ways. Of course, our scanning is, is uh, helping to prevent the kind of classic hacker attack, if you will, where the hacker comes in through your network and he can come into your home and get access to your home computer or into a corporation's network or into your, their website. And we can help protect against that. But we have also um, uh, a, a long list of um, actions that our customers um, are required to take um, as part of compliance with regulations that, that address all of those other issues about how, where data is stored and how to, um, how to protect that data, how to sequester that data into, a play, in, in, into one point or a number of points in the organization where it can really be protected. Because what we find is, just like you said, the data ends up being spread all over the organization. And this is, this is highly sensitive data often people's credit card numbers and their um, social security numbers and bank information uh, is and this as we all know when we work when we go to work everybody's got a computer on the desk nowadays and this is a lot of information being passed around and in a lot of companies that are collecting this information quite innocently and that information is accessible and moved around to many machines without the thought of security and, of course, the bad guys are all too aware of this, and they're just having a heyday right now at going in and, and getting their hands on it. So the, the, uh, one of the answers and one of the solutions that we provide is to educate companies about the necessity to, to identify this private uh, data that needs to be secured and then what steps 
need to be taken to secure it. Right, like to inventory and know where it is right. and, and how to deal with it. Yeah. And usually when we show them this process and procedure, first going out and identify and inventory all of the data, almost invariably they're shocked yeah. because they never <laughs> stop to think about the, how this data had just uh, you know uh, proliferated and was on people's laptops and PDAs and accessible all over the uh, all over the place without really thinking it uh, thinking about it too much. Right, Pandora's box is open. That's right. So how are you different from trustee? You know, trustee has mm-hmm. a different kind of seal. That's right. And uh, we had the president, uh, Fran Meyer, who is... No, uh, Fran she, well. Yeah, Fran's great. Yeah. And we've had her on the show. And uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about, because I think people do mm-hmm. look for certifications and, you know, whether it's BBB online or trustee or HackerSafe, they... They don't know. I mean, they're looking for something that they can trust, that they can put their hat on. Yes. And um, so, so how are you different? And and I guess one other question that scares me is, what if somebody would just, you know, copy your logo and and put it on a site, and then they think that it's, you know, sure. Could that happen? It it can happen. Um, and and I'll answer that um, first. Okay. And then and then we'll go into the difference with the trust marks and and uh, trustee and BBB online. Okay. Um, and un- unfortunately, on the internet, it's almost impossible to keep a uh, determined uh, person from forging things. Um, and so we have a lot of technology in place to protect the HackerSafe certification mark from people uh, putting up a bogus uh, mark. Um, and one of the strongest things we do is we date stamp the mark every day. Um, we provide a click-through page, so if you click on a, on a HackerSafe mark, you'll see an, an authentication page that comes up that is served uh, from our servers, and there's a lot of technology there to make sure that that, that, um, that authentication page can't be spoofed. We also um, have technology in the network that that uh, distributes the HackerSafe uh, certification mark, the, the, the servers that serve it up as part of our customers' websites, to check and make sure that the proper website is, 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 has the proper image on it. But um, we've done all of these things, and um, that's pretty good protection. But unfortunately, there's no absolute positive way because a, a skilled and determined uh, person um, can find ways to spoof things, but it's 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 quite difficult in the um, when it comes to a HackerSafe uh, certification image. So, um, Ken, let me just ask you something. So, if we go to a a, a website that we maybe want to order from, and we see the HackerSafe uh, seal on there, so we should click on that. We should double should click always, on that, yep. and then see if that takes us to your secure site. That's correct. You should always see if it has today's date on it, which okay. it should. And then you can click on it, and a page should come up that comes from our website, and it should have information about that merchant right there. And then the URL, page. should we look for something you in the URL as through, well? Yes, the URL of that uh, pop-up page, if you will, the click-through yes. page we call yes. it, um, should come from uh, uh, ScanAlert.com. It'll come from www.ScanAlert.com, and it'll also have the padlock or the HTTPS right. uh, secure connection. And those are all good indicators that uh, you're really connecting to us um, and that it's authentic. Right, right. Okay, so then the second part was, you know, how, what are the differences? Right. And that, that's, a, that's a fascinating question. And um, we certainly, I've had this conversation several times with, with uh, Fran Myers and, uh, the, and other organizations, including the Better Business Bureau. And we always come to the conclusion that they're both the, the two sides of the same coin. They're both involved in, in the same thing. And, in fact, you can't have one without the other. You can't have privacy without security. And you can't have security, of course, without privacy. And, they're, unfortunately, the privacy issue is, is, is a complicated one. And it, but it really has uh, two sides uh, to the coin. And the, the one side that uh, the Better Business Bureau and the trustee organization is, is addressing is the use of your data when you trust someone else with that data. So if you share your private information, whether it's your email address or your banking information with a third party by entering it into a form on their website, 
you want to know what they're going to do with this. And certain unscrupulous people online will take your email address and you know send it out to e- sell it to email lists, and all of a sudden you're going to get spam. Or they'll sell your other information to marketers, um, and um, and and this is not a good practice for privacy. So the 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 Better Business Bureau and Trusty are are enforcing a standard of uh, privacy policy, if you will, so that the, the merchants and uh, websites that display their seals have, uh, have, have a strict policy in place about not sharing your information with other people in ways that you don't want them to. Right, and having responsible information handling That's right. practices. And then right. having a third party to, if, if you do have this happen to you or you have a dispute about how they used your personal information, there's somebody you can turn to who will be your champion and will intercede and, and, and um, act a, a, in a dispute resolution, um, as the Better Business Bureau is there to do and as trustee is there to do. Right. Um, and then the other side of the coin is security. Now, you may be giving your information to a website which is extremely trustworthy and has a very strict pro- privacy policy, but now we come to the point of what's called unauthorized access to your to your private information, and that's typically hackers and and other ways that that unauthorized parties can get to your information. And of course, you need that protection too. So you have those two aspects. You have: can a hacker get to my information? Can unauthorized outsiders? get to it no matter how good the privacy policy of, of this company might be. And does and then the other side of course is does the this company have a good privacy policy? Um, so in fact when it comes to the Better Business Bureau and Trustee, we have an alliance with both of those organizations. And um, what it really amounts to is we both promote each other's services and we even offer discounts to uh, any company or organization that will adopt both. And so both sides contribute to this uh, um, uh, incentive, if you will, for um, websites and businesses to adopt both types of standards, both strict uh, policies about using the data and sharing the data and strict security about protecting the data. We're speaking with Ken Leonard, who is the CEO of ScanAlert. You can see more about him and the company at ScanAlert.com. And this particular company provides certification for websites to show that they are um, hopefully hacker-safe and they have a hacker-safe seal on them, and they also do audits of these companies. Let me ask you something, Ken. Um, I have read that about... 40%, and you tell me if that's a correct percentage, 40% of hacking is really dirty insiders, you know, people who have the opportunity and the access to to take things. Tell me, what do you think about that, and how does does ScanAlert help with that? Right. Um, According to our information, um, that's probably a little bit of an overstatement, although it is a, it is a, a, a significant percentage of the way that um, private information is compromised. Um, the reason we would say it's a little overstatement is because um, the, most, uh, m- the most activity that we see in the world today about gaining access to private information is done through kind of international criminal organizations that classically work um, as as hackers, if you will, and and find ways to get at the uh, at the information, and they may be thousands of miles away. But like insider, a lot, like a Russian sitting in his, right. his kitchen. <laughs> There's a lot of them uh, right. doing that. Right. And um, but the insider attack is is a is a very important uh, aspect of security, and we do provide uh, um, security against that, and we do it in a number of ways. And and uh, but it generally amounts to being sure that the uh, merchant is following the guidelines for protecting information, uh, information at rest, as you called it. Once they've stored it in their database, who has access to that? Is it encrypted? And are, are they controlling it uh, against even uh, uh, restricting employee access to it? Um, and so we we do uh, help our customers address both of those issues. So, Ken, what do you think should be the role that government should be playing in data security? 
uh, we believe that government has a definite role to play. We believe one of the reasons security is not as um, high as it might be is because of lack of responsibility um, and um, the and, and lack of enforcement on rules and regulations. And the government is starting to kind of try to address these issues while uh, everyone in the industry, including us, would agree that too detailed of involvement of the government is, is, is counterproductive because they'll never get the details right. But having a standard and accountability for um, every uh, entity that's, that's holding the customer data, uh, private consumer information, uh, they must be accountable to some standards. And you see that happening now. You see California passed uh, the, the famous law where a disclosure law. So right. if your company has a data breach and uh, customer data is exposed by law now, you must announce it to the world and you must tell the, announce it to the customers. Um, and just that alone has had a huge impact on increasing security because now people are held accountable. Um, they have to make public statements about it. And similar things to that are happening in the government and in, and in the industry. But we, we certainly think the government is needs to show leadership there and um, and hold um, all uh, companies and businesses responsible for protecting consumer data. Yeah, I think that has been a huge issue. You know, when we talk about our uh, breach notification law in California, which, by the way, the, the carrot was, and we put into it, that if a company encrypted the data, they would not have to notify. Right. And um, and so that has gotten a lot of companies to get into <laughs> into really working on uh, finding ways to encrypt and finding ways that they can protect the data. So that's that's, right. that's been really it set the national standard. Although, as you know, right now, Congress is mulling over a federal security breach law that would pretty much dilute. Um, the California breach, right. and uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, it California is unfortunate. Was was showed real leadership in in that law, and that law did have a a large and very positive effect on uh, consumer uh, safety, if you yes. will. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And um, so. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we could talk a long time about the politics in Washington and how yeah, things we'll happen what, there. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I think, you know, that, that if anything, it has really made a tremendous difference nationwide, even though right. we passed it in California. And I think the problem with some of the other laws, like the Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act, this, the Financial Modernization Act, says that, you know, all, all the financial companies must have, you know, secure data and they must do things it doesn't say how they do it so it looks like you're stepping up to the plate at least out there in the private industry to help the data to be secure but again there's there's no um, private right of action so there hasn't been that much accountability because the Federal Trade Commission and the other governmental agencies just don't have the resources to enforce that's yeah. correct we've had uh, several uh, very interesting meetings with uh, with people at the Federal Trade Commission and um, uh, they're very interested in, of course, in our hacker-safe efforts and, right. and uh, as a, a consumer trust mark. And um, and also, I think they're supportive um, in the fact that um, the carrot that we hold out for businesses to uh, tighten their security, if you will, is, uh, is the possibility of increased uh, transactions, increased sales, or people more willing to do business with them because they can certify their security. Um, so, uh, you know, the... Uh, the carrot of, of doing more business is the best one possible to uh, incent everyone to increase their their security. And that's really kind of the way it works. One of the analogies we use for our business is the UL mark that you see on the bottom of uh, electrical appliances everywhere. Um, anything that plugs into the wall will have a UL mark on it. And what that means is, is that Underwriter Laboratories, an independent third party, has certified that that uh, appliance meets uh, federal and trade um, uh, safety standards. And before the UL mark, uh, there was uh, a, a lot of problems. A hundred years ago, when electricity was first coming out, you were just as liable to burn down your house as you were to get toast in the morning. There, there really was a problem about shoddy workmanship and the risks of using electrical appliances. It was all cleaned up by certification to government and industry standards by independent 
authority, which the consumers then relied on. So the consumers voted with their dollars, and they wouldn't buy a toaster that didn't have a UL sticker on it. And once that phenomenon started to take hold, um, every uh, the safety uh, everyone benefited because the safety of uh, all electrical appliances uh, went up drastically as all of the manufacturers were were forced by the consumers to meet uh, safety standards. Yeah, it reminds me of like the FDA, you know, the that that with with food, and I think about the, all these poor dogs that have been dying. You know, what kind of st- safety standards right. did they have in China when you know when people around me are telling me their their dogs are dying of kidney disease? You know, I mean, and, it just yep. it's 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 like you you know, consumer cannot keep up with everything, so they want to know that some some entity has done something to certify that that there are these standards that are at least minimum standards that are That's met. That's right. And it's highly effective. If the standard is done well at all and the consumer understands the standard, then they, they vote with their dollars. And that, uh, as you know, is the biggest influence possible on an, any industry. So the, uh, the whole thing gets cleaned up really quickly once the consumers are given choice, once they're informed enough to have real choice. Yeah, you know, Ken, I read that you had done some kind of consumer surveys to find out about how consumers shopped, um, you know, whether or not they shopped more, if there was a certification or a, a seal on there. What did you find out from some of the surveys that you did? Um, well, uh, our customers have done a, a large number of surveys on their websites. On a website, um, it's fairly easy to make a different website or for each individual visitor to the website or to change something on the website. And so they'll conduct tests, which are commonly known as A-B comparison tests, where the the group A sees a hacker-safe image, and half of the visitors are in group A, and the group B, the other half, don't see the image. And then they just track them through to uh, count the sales coming from the different groups and see the response, the actual how people react as far as whether their willingness to, to transact on a website. So we've had over 600 of those uh, tests reported to us by our customers. And the average is uh, very surprising. It's been about 14% more people willing to shop when they see the HackerSafe uh, certification mark than when they don't. Uh, some of this comes from people uh, that were before uh, calling the 800 number because they were concerned about using their credit card online. And some of it comes from a kind of a competitive advantage that uh, one site might have over the other if it's able to certify its, uh, its security. Again, a lot like uh, the UL mark when it came out, people were more willing to buy toasters that, that had the UL standard. Um, so it's it's fairly dramatic when you see something like 14% um, more purchases online for, for our uh, sites that are certified. Um, and this holds all across the world um, and, and all across uh, large and small websites. Even some of the largest national brands have done tests and they've found that consumers are reacting. And this all goes back to the fact that consumers need informed choice, and an informed choice will uh, drive security and privacy issues, um, and um, consumers will react to that. So um, I think we, we think of it as kind of going full circle, where the, just like the UL story, where it really helped clean up the uh, safety of appliances, the safety of the Internet can be cleaned up by organizations like the Better Business Bureau and Trustee and ours and others who are participating in giving the consumer choice. You know, um, I sit as a fellow to the Poneman Institute, and Larry Poneman's been on our show several times and talked about consumers' reaction. And the biggest thing is trust. You know, if consumers trust, they'll do business with you. If they don't trust, they won't do business with you. And I think that gets back to the whole issue of whether it's the UL mark or whether it's trustee or whether it's HackerSafe. It's something that they can say, gee, well, I can trust because this is a trusted entity. So, you know, I can trust. So I think uh, I think that's part of it. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and and I think consumers are wise to do that, uh, especially online. Um, you know, the, the, from our view of the world, the biggest threat to privacy today are computers. It's not just the internet; it's it's all these databases that everybody, from your bank to your to where you just bought something online, has some private information, and what they do with that information, how well they guard it. And, and whether or not they give it to parties that you don't want to, ha- you know, necessarily have it. So, that, and this has all been brought about by 
by by computers, if you will, and computerizing everything and the Internet connecting all the computers together. So we live in this world where we're all sharing data with each other, and, and a lot of it is confidential private data, and it, it needs to be protected and regulated. Right, and that that is a huge issue because right now it's really not very well regulated. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you have very little control over your private information when it's in the hands of retailers or government or whoever you give it to. You know, I mean, you only have a right to opt out of it being sold to third-party non-affiliates, but for affiliates, they can share, and it, you know, you really don't know. Half the time, most people say to me, Mari, how is it that I'm getting these letters in the mail? I've taken myself off the pre-approved list. How is this? Where, you know, what's going on? What kinds of background checks are being, you know, pulled together about me that have nothing to do with me? So, this is, that we are in the information age, and it's uh, it's pretty scary. You're absolutely <laughs> right, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head. It is the information age, and that is the risk, and we're just becoming aware of it, and we're just um, uh, finding ways uh, to to deal with these issues. and And it takes it takes everything from government involvement to concerned uh, shoppers, and and it takes an effort on all of our parts to understand that it's that that this threat to our privacy is real, and um, and it's just a byproduct of something wonderful, which is all this automation and computers and. And, and things that we're using in our daily lives, but we we have to get this one part of it under control. Right. We're speaking with Ken Leonard, who is the CEO of ScanAlert, and that is a company that does security auditing and certification for HackerSafe, and try to make things HackerSafe. Let's talk a little bit about security here. Um, how, how well, you know, um, a website could be secure from hackers, yet there could be spyware coming in, right, to follow me around on the Internet. What's going on with all that, and what can customers do? Right, there can be. And, um, again, these are all things that, that, that hackers do to get to find a way to uh, get at your personal data. Um, and uh, consumers, again, can, can be cautious. Um, I often tell people that what you have to realize is you may be in your bedroom when you're when you're online, but you're it's like walking down the streets of uh, New York City late at night. Um, you're not alone, and you don't know who's out there, and so you just have to open your eyes a little. And, and an amazing amount of uh, of safety and and um, will, will result if you if you bear in mind. That you're, you know, the internet is the entire world that you're exposed to, and there are good people and bad people in this world. And just use a little common sense when you're out there. So, uh, you know, certainly don't don't uh, take the offers from the guy from Nigeria or right. or click on anything in an email that uh, that looks remotely strange, um, uh, because um, you are, you know, it's like the pickpockets on the street. Just watch what you're doing, um, and. Be careful what you do and where you where you go. And just with that in mind, I don't want to scare any of your listeners, but just that in mind uh, will will do a lot to uh, uh, improve their uh, safety and security online just by using common sense. And 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 uh, as I said, uh, just because you're at home shopping doesn't mean that you're not exposed to the, all the risks you would be uh, walking down uh, the street at night in some big city. What about these retailers who use spyware, though? You know, yeah, when you go to a retail site, what do you think about that? I mean, that's pretty scary, too. It, I mean, it it's, is not, scary. it's not the kind, same kind of spyware where you're thinking of that somebody is doing keylogging spyware, that they're getting into your computer, which, of course, we want to, you know, do ant, have anti-spyware that we run all the time, which is another big hassle for, for consumers. Yep. But, but let's talk about the ones who aren't going to use it maybe to steal your identity, but they're getting in. It's still an invasion of privacy, it's isn't right. it, Ken? It, it's a direct invasion of your privacy, and um, you're no longer able to go where, online where you want to go or have the results you want to have, and they're not only monitoring your activity, they're you know putting their own messages in your way as you go along. And again, um, I think consumers, uh, uh, consumers have to play a role in complaining and keeping yeah, keeping but how it do down. they even know? I think that's what's really hard. I mean, okay, yeah. they can run their spyware. Well, if you start seeing um, suspicious ads and and pop noticing ups. things, yeah. pop ups and things that that don't look quite right, um, or special offers being offered to you um, often that uh, seem a little unusual, 
um, and your your browser doesn't always kind of go to the right website or has a lot of windows open when you didn't open them, those are all signs that you've been infected with something like this. And um, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of good free and paid services that you can subscribe to online to clean them out. And what do you think, like AdAware? AdAware is a good one. Yeah. You know, our grandson is in the military, and, um, you know, he called me because he actually he wanted to know because he knows that I know more than some people. Not everybody. I'm not a techie, but I know enough to, to know kind of what to do. And he goes, you know, hey, I keep getting all of these pop-ups. Every <laughs> site I go to, I'm getting pop-ups here, pop-ups there. And that's when I told him, I said, you need to be running your AdAware and your anti-spyware and get, you know, make sure that you do that and get rid of this stuff. But, you know, I don't even know. I think it worked or he would have called us back. He did say, yeah. Yeah, Lloyd is telling me that he did call to say, yeah, thank you. It worked. But, Good. you know, I mean, this is this is really, it's, you know, it's I'm really, assuming it's just pe- part, part of life. It's part of life online. And I think uh, we don't need to be afraid of using the Internet. We just have to to know how to use it. And uh, and then we can be uh, we can be pretty secure. Uh, and I, it's really then educating people to, you know, keep their eyes open, use their common sense, and just be aware that these things are out there, and um, and then you can have a pretty safe experience. And once you see these things, yeah, you need to take steps to uh, to take them off. And you can't just uh, uh, surf the internet um, without taking these kinds of precautions. But there are lots of uh, lots of good things like AdAware out there that you can use to to help protect yourself. So, so tell me about reporting toolbars. You know, h- how do they work? Well, what they do is they w- they watch what your browser does, and it's uh, as if someone was looking over your shoulder at where you go and what you click on, and they report it back to another server, which then can use that information to uh, to to target ads to you, um, to give uh, marketing information, and it's a, it's a form of spyware. Uh, and a lot of these, uh, you have to be careful about these uh, these toolbars that you or add to your uh, to your browser. I would always recommend people to only add any kind of a toolbar that comes from a very reputable, well-known company. That these uh, these offers to speed up your your website, uh, speed up your web browser from a company that you've never heard of probably contain these kinds of things. You have to ask yourself. Well, why are they giving me this, and why are they making it available to me free? What's in it for them? And if it's not obvious to you, then it probably is uh, some kind of uh, adware uh, or monitoring uh, uh, in the plug-in. You know, it, it would seem to me that it would surely be helpful for our Internet service providers to, you know, since they have much more capability and they're much more techy than, than the ordinary consumer, if they could get rid of a lot of this stuff or at least make it transparent for us, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And, again, uh, I think people should ask for it. And, and if enough people ask for it, they'll, they'll do it. So uh, I think it's a great idea. The, the problem is is that most people don't even know what to ask. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just uh, yeah. like all of us are babes out there that we really, I mean, we're not all techies like you are, Ken, and, and I know more than, than most, and even I feel like I'm, yep. you know, just a babe in Toyland there not knowing what's going on. Yep, but I certainly want to encourage everyone to use the Internet for in, in all the great ways it can be used. Exactly. But, um, you have to have your eyes open and you just have to be aware that this that this stuff is out there and... Um, not get tricked by it. Right. So, so tell me something. Um, how, I had another question here. Um, what do you think is going to be happening in the future? Okay. How, how does, how do you think you're going to be able to deal with all of this security stuff in the future? What kind of changes do you see? Well, I'm optimistic in the long term and pessimistic in the short term. I think that it's right now things are getting a little worse and um, uh, the bad guys are are incented by the money they've made from stealing identities and and uh, diverting pop-up ads to us um, and spamming us. But um, I think that's going to be over um, in the future, and that um, that the incentive is there for the industry to clean up this mess, um, and they will. Um, again, a lot like the. Uh, 
the UL analogy of uh, cleaning up the problem with toasters that, that would burn down your house. Eventually, it will get cleaned up. And, and a lot of things are starting to move in that direction. You see governments involved. You see organizations. We work with uh, Visa, for instance, in 70 countries around the world to provide uh, for uh, free uh, scanning to any merchant in those countries who wants it to, to get uh, vulnerability scanning so that uh, they can uh, help keep hackers out of their uh, networks and websites. And that's something that Visa is doing um, uh, as a program to help secure e-commerce. Uh, and um, so things like that are happening all over the world and uh, here at home. So like I said, in the short run, everybody needs to be aware that um, – Hacker activity is actually on the increase right now, but the good news is that um, the, everyone in the industry is responding to that, and um, every, everything from government to to individual companies are now taking security much more seriously. And in the end, they will uh, they'll fix it. Right. You did a couple years ago. Scan Alert released a study called uh, something called digital window shopping. What was that, and what did you learn about that? Oh, that was that was very interesting. We had not analyzed the data from hundreds of these tests I was talking about, where our customers looked at the buying behavior online of the hacker safe mark uh, versus those who didn't see it. But inside that data was some very unusual and interesting information that that. Uh, uh, wasn't well known, and it was really about a sh- what's called shopping cart abandonment. And th- there was a, an alarming trend in the industry uh, that people were loading up their shopping cart uh, at websites, but then not completing this, the purchase. And the industry was um, somewhat concerned about this. And what we discovered in tracing back all of this activity was that shopping carts were being used as window shopping devices, if you will. We called it online window shopping. And um, what happens is uh, the uh, online shoppers were becoming savvy, and they were going from website to website, loading up that shopping cart so they could see the final checkout price with uh, with all the additions and all of the, sh- the shipping. And then they were going to another site, and then they would come back to the one they felt that they trusted the most and that had the uh, the best deal. So the digital window shopping was uh, a new trend that we uncovered, and uh, we helped uh, merchants uh, find out how to uh, how to make it easier for uh, online shoppers to do digital window shopping and how to entice them to come back and buy from them after they had gone and visited uh, several websites. Uh, part of that is in, in, in uh, increasing trust, and part of it is in just making all those actions that it takes to load up a shopping cart and 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 um, then get back to that shopping cart with all of the uh, goodies still in it if you do decide to come back and buy, making it easier to do that. So uh, it was a real eye-opener for the industry as they were learning more about how uh, uh, consumers are shopping online. Well, you know, that makes a lot of sense, Ken, and I do that too. Um, you know, when there's just so many sellers out there, that you want to do comparison shopping, you wanted to see what well, what you know what are the best warranties, what is the the quickest I can get it, you know how much exactly. is it going to cost me, you know I've done that many many times when I bought technology equipment and just kind of comparing. So I think it's really important that they they should make it easy for us and they should know that we're going to do this comparison shopping and, and save us some time and uh, just make it look more uh, reliable and trustworthy. Sometimes I'll pay a little bit more because I think it's more trustworthy or I'm, I'm guaranteed the, the delivery sooner or something. So um, that makes a lot of sense. Now, you've done an updated uh, report as well. That's going to be coming out soon. So what kind of trends did you see? Well, we're seeing that the, that the time between the first visit and the buy, uh, the eventual purchase, is shortening as I think uh, people uh, get a little more comfortable shopping online. We're seeing that the demographics of, of purchases are changing, that, um, that, that, that uh, uh, not just the uh, young are using the Internet uh, to, to make a lot of purchases, um, and and we'll be publishing some studies that that we're where we're bringing out some new information about the behavior online. Um, in one one respect, more and more people are shopping online. In the other respect, um, there's still some uh, issues about uh, accessibility to shopping, to window shopping, if you will, digital window shopping, and to how to create 
the comfort that a that, that that people are looking for when they shop online, and we call it comfort, and it's a it's a blend of uh, uh, of safety and security and price, uh, um, and will I actually get it if I push the order button? Um, so we we have a lot of statistics about that and how that's changing over time since uh, uh, when we did the first study. So will that be available for our listeners to to go and see? Yes, it will. Um, that will be available, and if any of your listeners uh, would like to obtain information about receiving a copy, they can simply uh, drop an email to um, to our public relations department, which is simply pr at scanalert.com. If they'll email pr at scanalert.com, we will see that they get uh, a copy of that report as soon as it's released. Uh, it should be in a few weeks' time. Right, and they can just go to scanalert.com and look for it and look for right. all the other it's things. due out on uh, June the 1st. Okay. So tell me another thing. Are, are consumers, do you see a trend that consumers are more willing to do their personal blogs and, and shop online and be out there, or do you see a pullback, or is there anything in terms of age differentiation? Well, we see a strong age differentiation, of course, about adopting the Internet. You know, uh, how many people do you know over 50 who blog every day? <laughs> but right. there's quite a few people, you know, under 20 who do. Right. Um, but we see that moving up as as more and more people that are, uh, uh, that are over 50 uh, – see the advantage of being able to do this, a whole new way to communicate with people. Um, and um, many Of course, new there's, uses. That, there's that dark side. I mean, the great thing is, yes, they're out there and they can do a lot of journalism, write the book that they never could write and, you know, communicate and, and really do a wonderful things. But on the other hand, there's the dark side because there's the bad guys that you don't know that they're that's a dog right. or not. Yeah, that's, that's right. We see the increase in bad guy activity along with the general increase of the Internet. And in fact, the the threat from the bad guys, if you will, has gotten more serious. Uh, a few years ago, there were hackers were teenagers who uh, enjoyed defacing websites, as they called it, for fun. And now you have a whole new uh, breed of, of hackers that are sending out not only hacking into websites to get your credit card information as part of this uh, underworld uh, that, that deals in this information, but uh, you know, very sophisticated phishing attacks and and keystroke loggers, and we see it moving now into the advertising industry as the hackers use their skill to help advertisers do these pop-up windows and, um, and more invasive advertising. So, as I said, in the short term, it is getting worse, and, and, and more and more people are, are using the Internet, so there's more and more opportunity for the bad guys. But in the, in the, in the medium to long term, there's a lot going on to... Uh, to uh, stop that activity and to make the uh, the, the web a lot safer, um, we see a lot of newcomers to the web, and of course, as you've pointed out, the, uh, the they're, they're the kind of the most at risk, um, and so uh, a lot of groups are doing a lot of things about educating people about just just keep your eyes open when you're online and and uh, you know take take a second glance at everything before you click on it. Right. Well, Ken, you, you talked about when we first started this conversation that, you know, you see a problem and then that, that has kind of been your goal in life or your philosophy is to find solutions for this problem. So I think I'm going to put that in your in your uh, table over there. <laughs> That's going to be for you. Well, Lloyd is telling me we have just a couple minutes left. If you, uh, could you give some recommendations to our listeners? These are the people that are listening, are people who are driving by, who are business people. We're on the campus of the University of California, Irvine, so we've got students, we've got people listening to our podcast, we've got, you know, a lot of different adults listening to us. So what kind of recommendations do you have for us in terms of using the Internet and being safe and protecting our security and privacy? Um, th there's a lot to it, but uh, once, you, uh, w once you kind of learn uh, to look for the signposts, you can navigate your way around pretty safely online. Again, awareness um, and um, awareness that the internet is a big place, and you're exposing yourself literally to every to, to to millions of people all around the world when you're online. Just having your computer uh, dialed in or connected to your DSL instantly puts you at risk because you are connected to millions of people on all over the planet. And while the vast majority of those people are, are good people and uh, there's a lot to do out on the Internet, 
there's the the criminal element is there too. So just a, a constant awareness of that, so that you do take that 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 little second glance at things that are going on around you. Uh, you you know, and and kind of the the cost of getting online is is more than just uh, your ISP connection. It really is investing the time and and, and effort and maybe a little money in things like anti-spyware, anti-adware, uh, and and the antivirus. Um, Okay, uh, we're going to do that, and we're going to look for the uh, the little signs like trustee and BB online and uh, Better Business Bureau online, and also for your scan alert hacker safe. We're going to look for all those. Those are some great signposts to uh, to to safely navigate by. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Ken, and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. You've been listening to Ken Leonard, who is the CEO of ScanAlert. Please join us every Wednesday night from 5 to 6 p.m. right here on KUCI. And to find out about our previous guests, listen to the podcast download podcasts and listen to the archived interviews and write us an email with your questions. Go to KUCI, go to www.KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. And we'll see you next week, 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thank you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.